0: You're tuned in to the Frankie Files. It was super difficult for me to choose which topic I should start out with on this inaugural podcast. After 20 plus years, I'm finally beginning a journey of speaking out about my cult survivor story. And that is no small task, I tell you. 20 plus years of saying to myself, it wasn't important. I just had to get on with my life and my goals. Then realizing that others may truly benefit from my knowledge and that I myself will benefit from speaking out on this topic has brought me to this point. The things I've survived in this cult tore my family apart. We've never recovered or been the same together. That is no small event. Sure, People love to tell survivors, just move on, forget about it, it was years ago. Well, sometimes this is what it takes to move on. This is what recovery looks like. So, I had moved to Vegas in 2011 from Portland to further a career as a burlesque producer and writer and entertainment journalist. My mom also moved there. It was going pretty good until, one day, I felt the undeniable urge to reveal to my mom some secrets I had held onto about my abuse inside the church that she didn't know anything about. I hadn't told her because I literally didn't know if it would break her. Sometimes that's what survivors do. They keep secrets of their abusers. It's very wrong. The conversation did not at all go how I expected. Without going into the entire experience, I had at that time, because I will go into that experience when you read my future book release, but um, I will go into our exchange in great detail in a book. But in, in short, it was pretty difficult for both my mom and I to look at each other or get along after our intense and severe discussion went kind of poorly. You know, I think people see you a certain way, and when you upend that, when you turn that upside down and destroy their perception of you, it can be quite a shock. But all is well now, and we're getting along famously. She, in fact, has been instrumental in helping me with details that needed filling in of our history for my memoir. I'm currently seeking a publisher at the moment and will be patient with the process because I want the story to be handled right. In the meanwhile, I needed to get talking and share my cautionary knowledge with anyone who can benefit from it. This podcast and my story is not just about cults. We have all survived something. But have you ever asked yourself, how could some of times when we got got or tricked, how could those have been avoided? By knowing the brain and the way the human mind works. That's my answer now. That is why I'm starting this podcast. That is my new passion. So for my first episode, I truly meandered over which topic to begin with. Victim shaming? Sexual assault in the news? straight cult awareness? All very good places to start in diving into what I have learned. But instead, I settled on the very most used technique of mind control that still exists everywhere in the world today. Propaganda and dogma. Let me get into it now. For a quick overview, in my own words, propaganda is what someone gets you to believe to get you to do what they want. That's my quick definition. Dogma is the scientific or religious version of that same technique. But according to dictionary.com, propaganda is ideas or statements that are often false or exaggerated and that are spread in order to help a cause, a political career or government, etc. Uh, they also define it as the spreading of ideas, information, or rumor for the purpose of helping to destroy or injure an institution, a cause, or a person. Ideas, facts, or allegations spread deliberately to further one's cause or to damage an opposing cause. Interestingly, the origins of the word propaganda lie with the Catholic Church according to Dictionary.com. The first sighting of the use of the word propaganda is from 1622, and it was the Catholic Church translated as Congregation for Propagation of the Faith. It wasn't until the 19th century that the word propaganda appeared as meaning, ideas, or information that are of questionable accuracy as a means of advancing a cause. The roots of the word are Latin, coined by Pope Gregory XV in 1623. Similarly, we can look at the word dogma. It's defined as a principle or statement of ideas or a group of such principles or statements, especially when considered to be authoritative or accepted uncritically. From the Greek, it translates at its root to opinion, belief, from the word dokine to seem good. YourDictionary.com states it as principles or beliefs that cannot be questions or articles of faith in different religions. Or the settled or established opinion, belief, or principle, and doctrine, teachings, set of beliefs, philosophy. Okay, well, let's get into how that relates to us in the human brain. First, let's face it would be really easy to be paranoid of mind control if you know anything about how the brain works. As humans, we're always searching and looking for something to grab our attention. The brain is naturally impressionable and curious, and it decides as we get older the topics we choose to focus on. We're eager to connect with other humans, even tough guys, especially tough guys, want to experience the tingle of the mingle. Even those of us who'd rather be left alone still need human contact. I'm sure most of us have rediscovered this during the massive restrictions of the pandemic lockdowns. We need each other. We need human contact, and not all through a video and computer monitor. I personally miss those reggae concerts, Something Fierce, right about now. In short, mind control can only be accomplished via propaganda and dogma. If not, control would always have to be taken by force, and as you see, it is not. Recognizing when you're under mind control can be simple when it's a directive from your boss, when an advertisement tells you what to buy, or... When a public service announcement directs you to hold onto the handrail in the bus, it's pretty straightforward. But larger idealism may take a while to take hold in the brain, and it can be devastating. I remember when in college, my psych teacher used the term JND. Okay, don't worry. I'm not going to be one of those people quoting a bunch of psychology on this broadcast. That's just not my thing. But in this case, it's pretty applicable. J and D stands for just noticeable differences. It's the idea that you can turn up the hot water in your shower as hot as you want if you do it in really small increments. Then they're barely noticeable. The heat would not be noticeable in small increments, but it would if you turned it up to the hottest all at once. It's just being done in noticeable In barely noticeable differences. Okay, so now apply that to politics or sexual preference or food you eat. You can get used to a lot of things without noticing or protesting them if they're done in just noticeable increments. That is propaganda in a nutshell. That's how Hitler did it. That's used in dangerous groups and cults all over the world. They navigate you ever further into an extreme until you're quite far from your own beliefs and ways of thinking. This is not so obvious as your boss telling you what to do that day at work. And it can take a long time to navigate you into a different belief. Okay, so now visualize your response to an app notification on your phone. An online comment. A neighborhood group sharing in a dominant opinion. The influences are never ending. Our brains are like sponges and they absorb info at an astonishing rate. Not sure how fast, but the brain can retain a lot of info and some of it is unconscious. Click ads, referral videos, algorithms which feed us ads on social media now surround us with info like an unending stream. All of that info is making suggestions on how we should feel, what we should buy, what opinion we should have, and of course, who we should vote for. Do we have a moment of original thought on any given day? I sometimes wonder about that. You're tuned in to The Frankie Files. Hey everybody, check it out. Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to start a podcast. It has all the tools in one place that you need right from your phone or computer to edit and publish your podcast. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms such as Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started now. I'm using it right along with you. So accepting that we have a constant suggestion of what to think almost every minute is a huge first step in making sure you're not experiencing mind control right now. The flow of our thoughts can too easily be dominated and appear to us after suggestion as if it was our own desire and our own thought if we're not careful. Try just getting to the point that you're aware of the frequency of influence, for starters. Once you've finally figured out that you're surrounded by propaganda and dogma, you can then begin to try and control your own thought environment. Some people just float along, completely under the influence. I have been that person. The problem is that these addictions like social media, gaming, and streaming feel good at the time. For me, I let go of my smartphone and completely unplugged, except for some movie streaming during the pandemic. Spending time unplugged really opened me up to the fact that I was overwhelmed with signaling to my brain. I was hyperactive with it. Getting back to nature, handwriting, drawing, and exercise is what put me back on course. I dare you to try it. Can you step away from your phone? Okay, so there is a very serious battle. Most people will just shirk this idea off and bypass the frontal lobe and go with the impulse to respond to every email, text, comment, and notification in real time, especially our youth, unless they are taught otherwise. In doing so, we are spending time connecting and under the influence of suggestion by corporations who do not care at all about our mental health. Dollar dollar bills, y'all. That's all they care about. We do live in a capitalist society. Can you put your phone down? Can you take it offline if you're listening to a podcast or reading a book? Download And take it offline. Can you put it on uh, airplane mode? Can you turn off notifications? Um, It is known that it's in the interest of every app we use to keep us there as long as possible. That's their game. So engaging our brains is the new business. That's really showing on people's state of mind across the world. The lack of attention span is now pretty astonishing. What is it, like 10 seconds or less? We're even marketed to that playing online games helps make us smarter, like word games and so forth, that increase our intelligence. Really? I think not. Listening to music is an interesting alternative for me. Music, listening to music, is one of the few activities which involve every part of the brain. All parts, all lobes, and both right and left of the brain are exercised when we listen to music. For brain health, just a bit off topic, but getting away from electricity is a very good thing. Getting into fresh air and nature reconnects and grounds us physically and has a calming effect. Many tech businesses even recognize this and have policies about grounding. Standing in moist grass about five minutes a day and using grounding blankets can also help stop the electricity from building up at dangerous levels in our bodies. The fact is, it's very hard to get away from the current and connectivity unless you live in a rural environment, out in the boonies. Excessive electromagnetic frequencies, which are often given off by electronics, vibrate at different levels and affect our brainwaves. They too influence mood and behavior. Electromagnetic frequencies are known as EMF for short. But before I resume about propaganda, please do search about grounding. We can definitely do a podcast on this later. I've been gaining the benefits of it for about a year, and it's fairly easy to do, despite living in a city. We've been propagandized by corporations that being connected to an app is helping us be better humans. It is not. That very concept is one of the biggest mind control tricks I have ever seen played on humanity in my 50 plus years on this planet. It's astounding. My experience with mind control via propaganda has proven to me that it can be effective and surprising. The most important thing is first for us all to understand how easy it is for someone to trick our human brains. That is my message. We can all get got. My own experience is kind of unique in that it was in a religious cult. So it is unique, and at the same time, it is not uncommon. I was taken with my family to a cult at a young age, but many young people are targeted into a group of some kind at a young age, just like me. In groups, predators lie in wait. A high-demand controlling group is not always religious. It can be a gang, a sorority, a sports team, a club, a church, and can lead to sex trafficking and even kidnapping. Our first job is to recognize how the mind gets tricked. First, we hear or see something that gets our attention, and we're convinced of that one fact. Then, that fact or ism is used to get us to do a bunch of things that we would never have done without believing that thing. It's that simple. Propaganda is a trick. Dogma is a trick. It's a way of saying, I have knowledge you want. Do this to get it. There, you were mind-controlled. Signs of mind-control or indoctrination include, from my own experience, A nagging anxiety that you need to fill. A hole. A sense that this will solve a bunch of other problems. An actual addiction. None of these things are true. Religions won't solve that you have to work for a living or do your laundry. Being of a certain political leaning will not make you right or godly. Giving in to something that feels good and indulging in it will not make emotional needs or issues go away. The fact is, there are some things we just cannot solve. Life is about accepting those and ignoring the routine where you get anxious and need to fill a hole within. You're fine, and you are enough, just as you are right now. It's a constant process. We have to accept that. Those outer pressures take you away from yourself and your sense of well-being. We've been given as humans an ability to think and reason. Some animals have not been given that. I think it's a true waste that we do not use it at times. Thinking is a gift. We should not be in a hurry to give that away to anyone. Not to technology, religion, scientific dogma, and not to political diatribe. Thinking for ourselves is our best defense against mind control. Learning to take a breath before reacting to each other and speaking is tapping into the power of the frontal lobe, and we need a lot of that right now in the current climate, at least in the United States. So to wrap up things on the topic of propaganda and mind control I'd like to bring us right to an example ripped from today's headline well we're we're entering year 3 of the pandemic right and in America in the United States all we've heard is mask social distance lockdown and take the vaccine. Now there's an emerging story, really long story that I got wind of because I watched the Jimmy Dore channel on YouTube. Highly recommend. Is a comedian who also does news. Ivermectin. Ivermectin is a little known international drug used In many different situations. In a minute I'll play some audio from a doctor on YouTube who speaks about this. It's literally been propagandized to eliminate it as an option here in America. The propaganda is so strong that it released a wave of ridicule on anyone who was using ivermectin, saying that people were rushing to feed stores and buying the horse version of it. Late night talk show hosts went on to shame people and call them horse horse medicine takers. It was extraordinary. Propaganda, so thorough, and propaganda was so in our face that you would not dare to ask your doctor for ivermectin, or you could be laughed out of, what, America? So that's the public story that went out. Meanwhile, I'm paying attention to more uh, secondary channels and looking at people like uh, Jimmy Dore. And he, he starts detailing a story about how effective ivermectin has been in trials, clinical studies, on COVID. It's already been used in multiple countries around the world. It doesn't have a patent on it so that anyone can produce it quite inexpensively. Hm asterisk there. And it is nominal, something like $100, I'm sorry, 100 pills for $10 or something like that. It's nominal cost to um, the purchaser. So, meanwhile, a significant date is August 13th in Japan. They began allowing ivermectin in hospitals for the treatment of COVID-19. All right, as soon as that happens, two weeks later, the cases go to almost zero. You're tuned in to the Frankie Files. So here is Dr. John Campbell on his YouTube channel talking about ivermectin in great detail.
1: Now, the next thing I'm going to show you uh, must be a, a very strange coincidence, but let's look at it. Now, this is the date here when ivermectin was allowed as a treatment in, J- in Japan, the 13th of August. Um, that, that one there is the 13th of August, ivermectin allowed as a treatment in Japan. So that was the 13th there, that day there. So 13. So 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 days, and then the cases started to completely plummet off down to where we are now uh, in Japan. So one of those uh, one of those interesting coincidences. Strangely enough, it's a coincidence that hasn't really been referred to on um, mainstream Western media. Um, now, let's go on to look at this a bit more detail. So ivermectin and a treatment on the 13th of August, And we saw that, coincidentally, just after that, the cases plummeted two weeks after that. Now, my understanding is this. Now, I'm getting more information from Japan um, really as we speak. I'm expecting a a report from Japan uh, tomorrow, actually. Which, Of course, I'll send on to you straight away. Um, But doctors can prescribe it without restriction. You know, I have met it in Japan without, uh, uh, they can prescribe without restriction. So this is Dr. Hario Uzaki. Uh, Not a junior doctor on some remote island in Japan, chairman of the Tokyo Medical Association, and this is the gentleman here, chairman of the Tokyo Medical uh, Association. Now, um, when the cases were going up dramatically, as we saw, um, and he said this, uh, the situation is that the whole country is suffering from disasters. No one will listen to me. I can't imagine how he feels. No one will listen to me, so I will come up with a new policy. The antiparasitic drug ivermectin shows, a number of in- shows the number of infections and deaths of the new corona in a country that is prophylactically administered for another disease in Africa. Now, Of course, Google translates, so it's not perfect English, but is noted the correlation between low numbers of cases in African countries that are using ivermectin. Now, he does say it's necessary to thoroughly study the clinical trial, which of course we don't have conclusive data on. But he then goes on to say um, so the patient can give an informed consent and get permission to use it. Now, remember, we were speaking at this time here, and he changed the rules there two weeks before the cases started to plummet down again in Japan, which was, of course, great to see. So, uh, interesting. Now, let's um, carry on with Japan. So, population 126 million. So, uh, pretty convincing evidence that Japan is doing a lot better than most of us. And if we go on and look at the uh, new de- confirmed COVID nineteen deaths per million, again, the states, United Kingdom, you've got to say it's levelish. Japan dropping, uh, Canada sorry dropping off a bit, but Japan, it is remarkably low. It's not zero, it's not zero, but it is remarkably low. Which would you prefer? Obviously, the Japanese figure. And we'll be looking at evidence that suggests that vaccine is not the only explanation for this in Japan. But no question that after an incredibly slow start, Japan has done remarkably well on vaccinations. Now, we, we looked at something the other day. Um, I can't remember where it was now. Someone said it's not vaccinations. It was actually the World Health Organization. They said actually it's not vaccinations or it's vaccinations and. So pretty, pretty interesting Data there population of Japan one two six million cases at the moment seem to be seventy nine in the day two deaths in the day in Japan lowest since the twenty third of June twenty twenty Japan's currently reopening yes it's got a high uh, vaccination status as we've just seen but so is South Korea and South Korea's got an uptick infections where in Japan the infections are going down
0: okay okay to repeat. Despite the growing list of failed therapeutics in COVID-19, the FLCCC recently discovered that ivermectin, an antiparasitic medicine, has highly potent real-world antiviral and anti-inflammatory properties against SARS-CoV-2 and COVID-19. This conclusion is based on the increasing study results reporting effectiveness not only within in vitro and animal models, but also in numerous clinical trials from centers and countries around the world. In the description of this video by Dr. John Campbell on YouTube, Uh, the video is called Ivermectin and COVID-19. In vitro antiviral activity against a broad range of viruses: HIV, Dengue, Influenza, Zika virus. Uh, in vitro antiviral SARS-CoV-2 activity: 99.8 reduction in viral, NR, in viral RNA. After 48 hours, worldwide use for treating COVID-19, about 3.7 billion doses of ivermectin have been distributed globally over the last 30 years. So that's from the Frontline COVID-19 Critical Care Alliance. The one-sentence summary, use of ivermectin is associated with lower mortality in hospitalized patients. With coronavirus disease, 2019. The ICON Study, October 2020, South Florida. There is so much more to speak about on this topic. Propaganda and mind control using dogma uh, is everywhere. I really enjoyed doing this first podcast for you, The Frankie Files. Join me next week to continue exploring mind control cults and more. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to consider contributing to this podcast, please see com. Until next time. The Frankie Files with Frankie Tease.